All right, all right. What's up, C12? How are we doing tonight? Come on, man. It's so good to see all of you back after the summer kickoff. Who came? Who came last week to the summer kickoff? Let me see. Man, I think, I got to tell you, it was uh, one of the best parties I've ever been a part of. I think it was awesome. It was lit. It was, it was turnt. You might say turnt anymore, or is that kind of dead? That's dead? Appreciate you guys. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I like working with y'all. Y'all keep me hip. Like, I don't know the cool sayings. Where's, where's Jordan at? Jordan keeps me up to date with, like, the cool things to say. Uh, anyways, got off on a tangent on that one. Hey, um, I am uh, so excited for summer. I'm, I'm really pumped for what's going on here uh, in our community, what's going We had the summer kickoff. It was awesome. We had 220 people show up to it, which is incredible. A lot of first-time guests. It was awesome. And, uh, man, I just think we're riding that momentum into the summer. We don't take summers off around here. Turn to your neighbor and say, this ain't a break. This ain't a break. Uh, we don't take summers off, and so we're going hard after it. It's going to be a lot of fun and uh, a lot of good stuff going on. Let me, let me give a shout-out and recognize uh, one specific group. I'm not going to ask you to identify yourself, but, but I do know that this is the time of year where we usually get uh, kind of some new people come on in. And so I want to welcome, if you are a just-graduated senior of high school and you have bumped yourself up into the college ministry because it's time, I want to welcome you guys. Can we give them a round of applause? Just... We're, um, man, I'm just so pumped that you're here. I hope that you find this to be a community you can be a part of. I don't know if it's uh, different or similar to wherever you came out of, but man, we're just, we're excited you're here. And I really, I can't think of a better people to surround yourself with as you're going into the next stage of life, whatever that is, if it's college or a job or maybe both, whatever. Uh, man, I can't stress the importance of getting around good people. And so go ahead and do a road check. Whatever row you're on, go ahead and check who's on it, and then just make sure those are the people you want to hang with. Just make... That's awkward. That's mad awkward. Everyone's like, no, I ain't doing that. But, uh, man, so excited you guys are here. And then also, I want to let you guys know about uh, in two weeks, in two weeks, so not next week, but the week after, that's June 15th. Uh, we're going to have a baptism service. we got a couple people already that have uh, shown interest in getting baptized, and so that's always an exciting night. Yeah. And so um, I want to let you know as well, if, if that's you, if you've never been baptized before, you've given your life to Jesus, but you've never been baptized, man, this is a great night, June 15th. What, 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 there's not a better night than June 15th, you know? And so uh, you can do it on that night. I'd love to talk to you about it. Uh, you can fill out actually on the little bulletin you got in. There's a little tear-off portion, and you can check baptism, write your name, your email, a way I can contact you. I'd love to talk to you. Um, or maybe you did get baptized when you were a little kid, but you didn't know what it was really all about, and it would be a good way for you to uh, refresh your faith and, and go forward. Man, I'd love to talk to you about that as well. Or if you just have questions. Fill out the card, and you can drop it off. There's a box in the back of the room on one of those tables. You can drop it off back there, and I'll get in touch with you. Cool? Hey, turn to somebody and just, just say, I love you in the name of Jesus. Come on. We want to be, be a healthy, kind people here. So we force you to say, I love you. <laughs> Hey, I'm uh, really, really excited for, uh, for this series that we're beginning. Um, we do a lot of different series. Some, some are, you know, really fun. Some are a little more spiritual. <laughs> Hopefully they're all somewhat spiritual or else I don't know why you're coming. But, uh, man, I'm really, really pumped about this one that we're getting into. Um, it's, we're we're kind of gathering around the topic or the concept of calling. 
And if you're around church, if you've been around church a little while, or uh, if you've been a Christian for a little while, you've likely heard that term said before of what has God called you to? What is your calling in life? What are you called to do? You know, that, that kind of thing. And um, it is one of the most frequently asked questions that I get from young people your age or just conversations that people want to have of just going, hey, I don't really know what God's called me to do. I'm 20 years old or I'm 22, 23, or I'm 18, and I, I, don't, I don't really sense that God's called me to something specific, you know? And so, um, man, that's a great question. And it's, it's a phenomenal thing to talk about. And so I want to gather us just for the next few weeks around that idea and hopefully deliver um, some truths to you that you can understand. And that will maybe, my, my prayer is honestly a big prayer. My prayer is that you would get some clarity about what your specific calling in life is. And two, that there would be a removal of like confusion around the idea of calling. Because, because I, I know for me, I had to walk through a weird journey of understanding what it meant to be called. And so I'm praying that. And also, I'll just be honest with you, I'm praying that some of you believe that your life is supposed to go one direction. And I'm praying that God reveals his calling for your life. And I'm praying that you understand that through the things that we talk about. And so, man, I'm, I'm just really pumped. And let me tell you a couple reasons why... Um, I want to begin these conversations, and we're just kind of, the reason why we're calling it Table Talks is, is I want this just to be kind of a coffee house just sitting across the table from you talking about deep things of life, like what am I called to do? Um, just feels like, feels, feels like I'm in a coffee house talking about, man, I don't know. Uh, but, but part of the reason, a couple of reasons why I think this is important is, uh, first is this, millennials, our generation, I'm in that too, by the way. Uh, our generation, more than any other generation, want to live for a purpose. We want to live for a purpose. And, of course, some of us, you know, we care about money, I guess, a little bit. I, you know, no one wants to be poor, really. But, but more than money, more than wealth, uh, statistics and studies show that our generation, more than previous generations, want to live for a purpose. And that's why you see a lot of these, like, one-for-one campaigns or business. Y'all know what those are, kind of like Tom's or whatever, where if you buy something from me, we're going to give that something to, you know, kids in Africa or something like that. Y'all know what those programs are? They're called one-for-one programs. That's why we have a bunch of those now, because our generation actually cares about impacting society and doing something good in the world. Anybody raise your hand and say, yeah, I, I, I care about that, right? We care about it. We care about it. We are the compassion generation. And not only is that us, but we don't, we're not really concerned or we don't really want necessarily to live like the normal life that our parents wanted. Or the, most of us don't. Like I don't, I don't meet very many 20-year-olds who are dreaming of the day where they get out of college and immediately they get married and then by the time they're 30, they have five kids in a white picket fence and their husband goes to work, they stay at home with all the kids and they just become a soccer mom and the dad just works. And like like that, that, no longer is that really like, oh, I can't wait for that day. Maybe some of you, but, but, but studies show that that's not really what our generation is going after. What I've learned is that most of our generation, actually, we care about 
Traveling the world, <laughs> yay, traveling the world. Who, who doesn't want to do that? We care about traveling the world. We, we want to start our own one-for-one -one business campaign we, where we're our own boss. We don't have to answer to anybody. And we can take six vacations a year with all of our friends. And we can just have, like, lots of fun. And then maybe when we turn 30 and we've done all that, then we'll think about settling down and having a family. But we still want to travel the world, let's be honest, right? Like, that's, that's kind of more, but how do you get that? In our generation, most of us are going, I don't know exactly how to get that life, but I'll tell you, it's not going to college and getting a degree. That's not how I get it. And so the majority of the millennial generations is rethinking purpose. We're rethinking what is our life supposed to look like. Another reason why this conversation is important is... Uh, we are dealing with an epidemic unlike any other generation has dealt with. And that is this, is that there are an unlimited amount of options for you uh, as far as direction for your life, calling for your life, purpose. What are you going to do with your life? Are you going to become this or that? There's unlimited options, right? Think about this. In the 1800s, if you were a man, what were your options? <laughs> You had like five, go to war, blacksmith, farmer, I don't know, I guess a carpenter. I, like there's, there's not very many options. And if you were a woman, eh, sorry, you had like one thing that you were going to do, right? That was how it was in the 1800s. And then we skip into the 1900s and, and really kind of the 1920s is around where there started becoming more options. And now instead of like five options, you got like 15, maybe 20 options for a man, whatever he wants to do with his life. You started getting uh, business things started coming up. People could become bankers. That started to become a thing. But not until like the 1900s did that become a reality. Now, fast forward not even 100 years and look at the amount of options that you have to do with your life. Crazy amount of options. And studies are now saying that because of that, there is now a thing called option anxiety. That options are great except for the fact that there are so many that it actually causes anxiety amongst us because I have so many, I don't know what to choose. It's option anxiety. And you and I are facing that more than any other generation. The problem with options and opportunities is they produce an increased sense of urgency without an increase in clarity. So the problem with options is you get increased urgency without increased clarity about what you want to do. I remember graduating high school, so like May-ish, and I knew that I was going to a college that was going to start in August, knew I was going there, and so in May, I had no clue what I wanted to study. No idea, absolutely no idea. Then it got to like June and July, and then it got to where I'm moving into this college, and I'm still not even fully sure. I just had my core classes picked out, not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life. And so I just started going, well, uh, I like sports, I like exercise, and I don't want to sit behind a desk, so let's go with exercise science. That's how I landed on How pitiful is that, right? That's how I landed on my degree. Let's go with exercise science. That's what I'll do with my life because I have no idea. No idea. I had increased urgency, but absolutely no clarity about what my calling was in life. And then lastly, the reason why this is so important is because if you 
add on top of both of those things, you add on to the fact that you are a follower of Jesus, then now you get things like in church, you hear things said like God has a specific purpose and plan for your life. He has a plan for your life and he wants to do extraordinary things with your life. This is, these are the things that you hear, and these are the things hopefully you believe. And so I hear that and go, great. Well, if he has these plans, it'd be really nice if he, like, showed them, right? It'd be really nice if he told me what they were because I'm going to school or I'm trying to figure out what the heck to do with my life. So you add on top of that now this uh, spiritual complexity of what does God want me to do? Like, I think I may know what I'm gifted, what I'm talented to do, but what does God want me to do? Does anybody else, just that thought alone gets a little confusing? Okay, thank you. Thank you for, I feel like a lot of y'all are judging me right now because that's my, my thought. And then think about this. The thought of not wanting to miss God's plan for your life can actually bring you so much anxiety that you end up not being able to live a healthy life. The very thought of, man, I don't want to miss God's plan. I don't know what he wants for me, but I don't want to miss it. I wonder what God wants for my life. I wonder what he wants me to do. That very thought alone can then bring you so much anxiety that your life ends up sucking. <laughs> Sorry. It does. So you've got all these complexities, all these things added on to each other, and it just means that we have an incredible amount of young people walking around going, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I'm called to do. I did, if God has a specific plan for me, I don't know what it is. You feel me? And so that's why these conversations are important. That's why we're having the conversation. Now I want to tell you uh, kind of what we're going to go after uh, and what we're going to land on. It's true. It's true that there is a great calling on each and every one of your lives. God has uniquely designed you for a purpose. He has. And the good news is, you got to hear this, the good news is he has not let you just be clueless about what it is. He's not let you out to dry. He's not left you out to dry on that. He's not unclear about it. It just gets a little hazy for me and you. There, God actually gives you clues into where he's calling you and what he's calling you and what the calling on your life is. There are clues to it. You just got to know what to look for. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to study the life of Moses. And uh, a popular person in the scriptures, maybe you've read about him before, but uh, it's, his life is, is absolutely fascinating. And um, we're going to talk about that. But here's what you got to know. I don't have answers for you. I don't have answers for what you're called to do what your calling is, I can just give you clues. I can just help you find the clues to what it may be. You got to know that. So I'm not going to give you answers in the next few weeks. I'm just going to help you find clues to it. Okay? You're still with me? Say amen. <laughs> give me a little encouragement up here. Before we get into uh, clue number one for the night, uh, I want to give you a basic thought, truth, about calling. You got to get this. If, if you got a friend that, that is missing tonight, 
you need to tell them to check out the podcast or something because this is uh, kind of baseline for the rest of the series and all of the things we're going to talk about. Here's, here, here's the, the thought about calling, okay? You got to get it. God gives a universal calling and a unique calling. God gives a universal calling and a unique calling or individual or specific. I just went with unique because I had a U so I can make both of them U's. Okay. God gives both of them. Every follower of Jesus serves a universal calling. There's a universal calling on your life to love God to chase holiness, to serve others, to fulfill the great commission, these kinds of things. There is a universal calling on your life as believer that we all fall under. But to each person, God gives a unique calling or unique purpose to each person. And your unique calling fits within the universal calling. In fact, your unique calling is how you contribute to the universal calling. I'm going to walk you through this a little bit. Here's an example. You think about the church. The church can't just one day decide, you know what? Um, We're going to no longer follow the Bible. We're going to follow some other book. Well, if it does that, it's not really the church anymore. The church has a universal calling that it fits under, it sits under. However, each church has a unique calling. For 12 Song, our calling is to reach the lost, serve the least, and raise up leaders. That's the unique calling on this community called 12 Song. But we have a universal calling that we fall under. In your life, you have a universal calling and you have a unique calling. But God most often reveals your unique calling when you pursue the universal you got to get that. I encourage you to write that down. God most often reveals your unique calling when you pursue the universal calling. You discover unique by fulfilling universal. So the tension is that the majority of people in your age bracket are not sure what the unique calling is, and they're pretty upset about it. It gets them really, like, freaked out. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. I don't know what God's calling me to do. The majority of people in that bracket, in your age bracket, don't have a clue. And that gets everyone freaked out. And here's the thing. You don't get to decide when your unique calling is revealed. So some people at, like, 14 years old just have an understanding that, You know, I just have a passion and a gifting, and I just want to be a doctor. That is my thing. That's somehow God just told them that's the calling on their life. I'm not saying that he, like, spoke to them. I'm saying, like, he revealed that's the calling. They just have a, I know this is what I'm going to do with my life. Like, 14, don't you hate those people? But some people don't find out what it is until they're, like, 34, 44. You don't get to decide when your unique calling is revealed. So what do you do? Here's what you do. You chase the universal until God reveals the unique. Chase the universal until God reveals the unique. Let me give you a a pretty simple plan. Here's the plan. 
get a job, (laughs) chase God wholeheartedly, and love other people. If you don't know what your unique calling is, get a job, chase God wholeheartedly, and love other people. That is a great universal, I'm going to just pursue the universal calling on my life until God reveals it. And I just like to throw the get a job thing in there because if you just sit back on your couch waiting for God to reveal uh, the unique thing, like I don't know what I want to do with my life, well, just go do something so you can make a little money and pay the bills. This is a practical preacher here tonight. Just go do something. It doesn't have to be what you're just really passionate about. I can't tell you how many young people I talk to that are, uh, you know, I just hate I hate my job, and I, this is just not what I'm called to do because I hate it. It's okay. You don't have to love your job right now. And that's, that's honestly, that's a lie for you to believe that you got to love your job in order to do it. I think that's ideal. If you love your job, great. If you've landed on a job that you love, fantastic. But there are seasons of life where you may not love it. You just need to get a job, chase God wholeheartedly, and love other people, and until he reveals the unique calling, just do that. We got young people just frantically running around, I don't know what God's calling me to do, I'm so scared, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life, just stop. Listen, God is not the author of confusion. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians. God is not the author of confusion. He's not sitting up in heaven going, ha, I hope they figure out what I'm called them to do, and ha, David didn't. David's a terrible Christian. God's not trying to, like, trick you into something. He doesn't want that. So just relax. Chase the universal, and until he reveals the unique, you're okay. Just chase the universal. Chase God wholeheartedly, serve other people, and get a job. So I want to read some scripture tonight, and I want to start off, uh, we're going to walk through the story of Moses, okay? But let me, um, let me kind of set it up for you a little bit. God chose Moses to deliver the people of Israel out of Egypt, out of bondage in Egypt. It's a huge job, massive calling on Moses' life, right? You probably heard the story of Moses parting the Red Sea. Uh, amazing, amazing calling that God had on Moses' life. But what's interesting is that you can actually look at Moses' life from the very beginning and see where God was giving clues as to what his calling would be in the future. Now, most people like to gather around the idea that uh, Moses was just an unlikely dude. He wasn't good with speech, and so it's really crazy that God chose him. And I would agree, it is crazy that God chose him, but you can actually see from the beginning God calling him to that. There are clues that lead you to that, led him to that. And so what we're going to do for the next few weeks is I'm going to walk through these different clues, and I believe they're clues in your life as well into what God may be calling you into. So before we read the scripture, let me catch you up. The Israelites, um, God's chosen people have been oppressed by Pharaoh in Egypt. God wants to uh, rescue them. Uh, They were made slaves and treated terrible, so God wants to rescue them. Pharaoh wanted to destroy the people, all the uh, Israelites, he wanted to destroy them. And so he set out this mandate that any uh, Egyptian, not any Egyptian, any Hebrew woman who had a baby boy, the boy must be killed. So if they had a girl, they could keep it. But if it was a boy, 
they had to kill it. That was kind of uh, Pharaoh's way of destroying the people. So this is where we pick up. Turn to Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2. Is it warm in here to anybody? Why'd you whistle? Who whistled? Is that a, I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, all right, Exodus chapter 2 is the very beginning of the Bible, page 57, if you're looking on your worship center Bible. And we're going to read uh, the first 10 verses. The first 10 verses. It says this, Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she did him... Uh, She hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Isn't that fascinating? So the baby's mother sends him in a basket, and then just happenstance, just coincidence, right? The girl goes and gets the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses saying, I drew him out of the water. Now that's all we're going to read of the story tonight. So here's the first clue that I want to give you uh, that we had about Moses' life, and I believe we have it about your life if you look into it. First clue is this. Your calling is tied to your history. Your calling is tied to your history. Think about this. Moses was born at a time when Israelites were being oppressed. He was born at that time. Just so happens that the mission that God had for Moses was directly connected to him because he had lived through that. Think about this. Your calling is not to uh, invent electricity. You know how I know that? Because it's already been done. You You were born at this time. So Moses, his calling was tied to his history, the fact that he was born at that time when Israelites were being oppressed. They're connected. I know it seems a little dumb, but it's connected. Also this. He was rescued by Pharaoh's daughter and then raised in an Egyptian home. Just coincidence that the guy that God wanted to use to set the Israelites free from the Egyptian rule had been raised in an Egyptian home. I I, I think it's fascinating that uh, Moses, the guy that God used to set the people free, not only knew the struggle of the Israelites, but also knew the blessing of the Egyptians. So he had grown up in a home where he watched his people suffer. He watched his people, the Israelites, in slavery, treated terribly. He watched them do that. So that alone created a stirring in Moses that said, this is not right. But he knew both sides. 
The guy that God wanted to use knew both sides, the Egyptian side and the Israelite side. And I think this is fascinating too. You think about uh, eventually after the, the 40 years of Moses wandering, we'll get into the story a little bit uh, in the next few weeks, he, he comes back to Egypt and he approaches Pharaoh. Now, the Bible doesn't say this, but I have to wonder, how does this man, just a normal, regular Israelite man, how does he get access to Pharaoh? I don't think that's a common thing. How does it happen? Maybe, perhaps, it's because Moses had a history with Egyptians. And that's how he got the ear of Pharaoh. So God used Moses' history and it connected to his future calling. And so for you, your history will give you a clue as to what God is calling you. It's not the only clue, but it may give you a clue into where God's calling you into your future. And so I want to give you three things to explore tonight. I'm going to go through them real quickly. Three things to explore about your history um, that is kind of, uh, kind of like school, I guess. I would encourage you uh, to go back home tonight and maybe think through these things. And write them down. Get a little journal. Get a piece of paper out. And think through these things and write it out a little bit. It'll give you insight into your history and perhaps give you more clarity about your future and your calling in life. Are you ready? All right. The first thing to explore is this. Explore your background. Explore your background. What kind of, uh, what kind of environment did you grow up in? What kind of culture did you grow up in? Were you poor? Were you rich? Were you middle class? Did you ever struggle? Did you, did you come from plenty? What was your background? These things give you just little clues. I, um, I'll tell you a little bit about, about mine. Many of you know my story and my family, uh, but I grew up, my, my dad is a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor for 35 years, and so uh, I'm very grateful for that heritage, and I, and I guess suppose that has something to do maybe with, with me becoming a pastor, but even more specific into my unique calling, um, I grew up in a church, just church life that was pretty strict. We're not a church like 12 some. We're a pretty strict church, and I would say that there were times where the church felt very like country club, right? Like you had to be a certain type of person to come to the church, and, and the moment someone walked in that had a little baggage, it was like, uh, you need to get your life right before you come here, right? You guys familiar with that kind of church? Um, I, you know, bless their hearts, whatever, but that was, that was kind of the church that I grew up in, and uh, wasn't, wasn't awesome, but I remember, I remember when I got out, uh, of, of that church. I went to college. I went up to uh, Liberty University. I, I'll tell you a little bit about that. So um, got a, up to school at Liberty, and I got on a team. Most of y'all know this. I got on a trampoline dunk team, and our, uh, our mission was to go into places and do trampoline dunk shows, and it gave us access to people, and all of a sudden, like, they respected us because we could jump off trampolines, and that, and that they wouldn't, like, respect other Christians, but it gave us a little bit of access. We'd go into trailer parks and do shows, and we'd go into the, like, the ghettos, and we'd do shows, and people respected us because we could do cool things. And so because they respected us, they would let us talk to them about Jesus. And so in college, this was like my introduction into ministry. And so I got to have conversations with people that I'm telling you uh, would not ever walk through the church doors. I got to have conversations with people who had been through the down and out, you know, 
And as I did that, I started going, I think this is more what it means. I think this is more like what it means to serve the church. I think this is more like what it means to be a pastor is to, is to open our doors for all people, right? I think these people need the church just as much. And it shifted my philosophy and it began me on a journey of going, I think God's calling me to be a pastor to reach these people who have been uh, maybe rejected by other churches or by other Christians. But it was my history that kind of sparked that in me. And my history is what led me to start thinking through that. It was connected. It was connected. And I, I, think, I think that's partly why I ended up at 12 Stone, is because this is that kind of church. It's partly why I harp on you guys so much about let's be, let's be a refuge for the world, right? It's, part, it's why I, wanna, I want our community to be a place where everyone feels welcome. Because I believe that's part of my unique calling that God was crafting inside of me at a very early age. And he used my history to do that. And so I'm sorry if you get tired of that, but that's my unique calling, so deal with it. <laughs> I'm kidding, guys. I'm not a jerk, I promise. Second thing is this. Once you've explored your background, explore your family. Explore your family. What kind of family did you grow up in? A broken family? A well-put-together family, a good family, an abusive family. What, what, what did you learn from that? I think most of, us, most of us fail to reflect on what God has brought us out of, and so we never know really how he wants to use it. Listen, God has purpose for your past. There is purpose in your past. You just need to look into it. But what was your family like? What did you learn from the way you grew up? What were the things that got kind of stirred up inside of you because of your family life? Whatever your experience has been with your family, it's likely that your unique calling is tied to it. I think part of my unique calling is to deliver hope to people who feel like there is none, to people who have maybe screwed up along the way, to people who have messed up big time. I think it's part of my unique calling is to deliver hope and say, there's grace for you. There's a second chance for you. There's a third. There's a fourth. There's a fifth chance for you. I think that's part of my unique calling. And a lot of it has to do with my family. I told you, uh, told you my dad is a pastor, but long before my dad was a pastor, at uh, 19 years old, my, uh, my dad and my mom were high school sweethearts. And uh, so my dad was moving off to uh, Georgia to University of Georgia to go to school there. He, he was playing baseball up there. And then in his freshman year, he got my mom pregnant at 19 years old. So a bright future ahead. My dad got drafted into the major leagues right out of high school. Bright future ahead. And everything came. And their Christian family grew up in church. I told you my grandfather, so my mom's dad is a pastor. And they had this big blowout, this big screw-up, right? And now I wasn't around Back then, but they had, you know, my older sister at 20 years old. They got married at 20 years old and began this journey from a screw-up. And I wasn't around, but I am a product of God's grace on a family and on a people, on a marriage that screwed it up at the beginning but said, you know what, God, I believe that you can rescue us from this. I'm the product of people who said, you know, God gives second chances and third chances and fourth chances. And this doesn't have to be the defining moment for our lives. 
And so I believe that because that's my family history, there's something inside of me that says, man, I think the unique calling on my life is to deliver hope to people who may not have done it the right way, who may not have done it the way that everyone says they should have done it. I think that's my unique calling. What's yours? What's your story? What's your family? What's your background? What is it the things that God wants to teach you because of the way you grew up or maybe even the decisions of your parents? How could God shape your calling, your destiny, because of your history? And then lastly, I would say this. Explore your background, explore your family, and explore major events. Band, you guys can go ahead and come back up. We're going to get ready to worship. Explore the major events in your life. Have you ever, like, written down the big things in your life? Okay, when I was... 16, this happened, and that really shaped my mind about this. And when I was 18, this happened. Some of you are, are like 16 right now. Um, have you ever written down the big events? When I was 12, my parents got a divorce, and here's how that made me feel. And here's the things that I learned through that. And here's the things that I'm still wrestling through. Here's the pain that I still have because of that. Explore the major events in your life. God may not have caused it to happen, but he allowed it to happen. And so there is purpose in your past. And he can use your past to give you clues about your calling. Now, here's what you need to know. Your history is not the only clue. So don't go and think like, okay, well, uh, my mom was a worship leader, so maybe my calling is to be a worship leader. Well, if you can't sing, your calling isn't to be a worship leader. If you got no musical ability, let's just give up on that, okay? That was the wrong history to look at. <laughs> There's other clues besides history. You can't just go, well, one time a tornado came through my neighborhood, so I guess I'm called to be a meteorologist. There's other clues. But your history is a big part of it. Your history is a big part of it. And I would encourage you, man, write these things down. Explore your background. Explore your family. Explore the major events. Because nothing, listen, nothing is wasted with God. Nothing is wasted. And so he has allowed things to happen in your life that give you clues about where he's leading you into your future. But if you just kind of run through and never stop to think about why did, why did that happen or what, what am I learning from this or what did that kind of stir up inside of me and because of that, man, I feel this way about a social injustice or, or I have this thing going on inside of me and, and God, God reveals through your history. So explore those things. I want to close with a song that I've asked... Uh, Kara to lead us through because I think, it, I think it could become kind of the theme for the next few weeks that we're talking about and um, it's a song that as we were talking about it, it was like man we haven't sung this song in years like I don't even know if people will know this song but I feel like the words of it and the theme of it is directly related to what we're talking about and the chorus of the song says I surrender I surrender. I want to I know you more, God. I want to know you more. I surrender. And we talk about calling. We talk about purpose. We talk about future. We talk about plans. And you can't talk about any of that 
without going, God, I surrender to you. Some of you are so, uh, like, in a tight wad, so uh, wound up and stressed about what you're going to do with your life and your calling and and what's going to happen and your purpose, all that kind of stuff. And you need to start with a posture of, God, I surrender it to you. You are designing it. You've been designing it from the very get-go, from the very beginning when Moses was put into a basket as a newborn baby. God was purposely allowing things to happen in his life that would direct him to his calling years, decades down the road. And so maybe for you, the beginning of all this talk about calling and before you ever start to explore all this stuff, you need to start with a posture of going, God, I surrender. I surrender my need to control everything. I surrender my need to have to know everything. And I trust that you are purposely doing things in my life, leading me to where you are calling me. I know it just sounds so like, Austin, you don't know my story or whatever, but, man, I wish I could just get every young person who is uh, just super tied up about this and go, relax, relax. God's been knitting you together, and he's knitting your story together piece by piece by piece. And if you don't know the unique right now, just chase the universal. Just chase the universal. Serve God. Just serve him. Love his people Love the church, serve the church, chase God wholeheartedly. And when you do that, you will discover the unique only inside of that, though. Only inside of that will you discover the unique. And so I want to pray for us before I invite Kara and John to lead us in this song. And then just want to invite you to worship. So will you stand to your feet as I pray for us?